This episode is brought to you in part by Thomas Nelson, publisher of I Want to Matter. Your life is too short and too precious to waste. Written and narrated by New York Times bestseller Kathy Lee Gifford. Available now everywhere you get audiobooks. Dynamic voices for a diverse church. This is Pass the Mic. Greetings and God bless. Welcome to another episode of Pastor Mike, Dynamic Voices for a Diverse Church, powered by The Witness, a black Christian collective. I'm your host, Tyler Burns. You can follow me on Twitter and IG at Burns Clan. Follow at your own risk. And joining me, as always, is the founder of The Witness. Bro, I feel like I'm underdressed today with how you look. Bro, bro, look, we're going to go through several wardrobe changes. I just, no, I Don't just, you it. shouldn't tell them Don't that. Anyway, uh, very, very extensive <laughs> bio. The man, the myth, the legend, but two-time best-selling author, Mr. Blue Check verified himself, Dr. Jamar Tisby. What's going on, brother? Hey, I just want to say, not only am I all those things, I'm also Tyler Burns' biggest fan, maybe after Mylena, his spouse, but... I, I would hope you, so. Bro. Yeah. I, I appreciate, you. I appreciate yes, that, bro. Listen, I appreciate that. We, but the we, pocket we, square is just setting off the whole, <laughs> as you can tell, just want to make this little interjection here. You can see us. <laughs> so if you are actually watching us on YouTube, welcome. Uh, thank you for tuning in. Uh, Jamar, let's get right into it, man, because I was recently having this conversation with somebody and it vexed me because this is something that we talk about on The Witness and on Pastor Mike a lot. Mm -hmm. I was having this conversation because there was somebody in the news and they were talking about this particular black pastor. And when they talked about this black pastor, they were saying, this is what's wrong with the black church. And it vexed me not because they said this is what's wrong with the black church. It vexed me because that particular black pastor, by his own admission, does not pastor a black church. Wow. So it was really interesting for me when they said, oh, this is what's wrong with the black church. I was like, really? He doesn't pastor a black church. It's not a black church. And so it, it, it really frustrated me again, not because we can't critique the black church. We absolutely can. We do on this podcast. We shall. <laughs> we shall. But the interesting thing was, if you thought of him simply as a black church pastor, just because he is a black Christian, hmm. then you're missing the opportunity to have a much deeper debate and conversation. And I felt like there was this moment where I was saying... We're missing a moment here. We're missing an opportunity. We're missing the ability to actually have a broader conversation about what we like to call the expansive black Christian tradition. Great, great point. So not well, it's 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 the point that if we are less than truthful, if we are less than robustly honest, mm. it's not just the sort of deception, whether intentional or not. I'm not right. you know, casting aspersions on anybody's motives, but we miss the opportunity. For a deeper discussion, like you're saying. Of we course. miss the opportunity for a more truthful discussion. Let's talk a little bit about why this is important. Because I think we also have seen not just people who wrongly, in times of critique, label black Christians automatically the black church. Mm. But we've also seen kind of this positive rise in identifying with black That's, church heritage and history. Is. Yes, so now you have people who are saying they're in the line and the lineage of black church, but they don't go to a black church. Mm. And it's not to say that they're not influenced by the black church. This, this particular black pastor was influenced by the black church, probably went to a black church at one point or another. 
but yet still right now does not operate within the confines of what will be considered a black church demographically or even theologically. It's such an interesting time that we're in church-wise, because what I've been saying is we're in the midst of a realignment in the church in the Mm -hmm. United States. Part of that realignment is what you pointed out, where it has now become much more fashionable in public to claim the black church, even Mm -hmm. if that claim is tenuous, as you say. So I think part of what's happening is this 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 goes to my theory of the evangelical racial reconciliation movement and its failure essentially which goes from the early 90s to i'd say the early 2010s or the mid 2010s but with black lives matter with trumpism with all of these different forces there have been an exodus uh particularly of black christians out of white spaces but also some white folks too mm-hmm. and some of those folks having come out of these spaces are now claiming the black church and the black church tradition because now we see afresh and anew hmm. the importance of the black church as a place of dignifying and um, giving a, a, a sense of deeper identity to people of African descent in this country. And so now it's like, yeah, black church this, black church that. You know what's so interesting about that is I obviously coming from identifying as part of the Pentecostal tradition of the black church and being proud of that also recognize that there's more to black faith than the black church. Mm. And I also recognize that's okay. Mm. And I also recognize that everybody doesn't feel at home in the traditional black church. Thank you for saying that. I also recognize that everybody who's a part who would consider themselves a part of one of the slivers or layers of the black church wouldn't be considered black church by another sliver or layer of the black church. (laughs) Gets deep. Yes. And so I think it's liberating for us to first and foremost say, you don't have to pass a test to be black Christian enough Mm. that there's no card that people are going to check at the door or there should be no card that people check at the door when it comes to our black faith expression, but that our black faith expression is varied We can learn so much from one another. And oftentimes it's complicated. It's a mixture. It's a mixture of life. It's a mixture of uh, traveling. It's a mixture of your upbringing. It's a mixture of your enlightenment, what you have come to, your decolonization, your deconstruction, whatever you want to call it. It's a mixture of all these things put together. And then that's why you land where you land. Right, right. And so I feel like in this moment, people are getting pressured on either side to just critique the black church because that's the only thing that they know when they see someone who's black and Christian Mm. or to claim the black church. (laughs) To critique or to claim. Even, even, you know, we got to (laughs) alliterate. This black rhetoric, you know, we got to alliterate something. Or to claim it even though that might not be their true heritage. This is so, so crucial. It hits me where I am. So as we've talked about before, you don't have to lie to kick it. (laughs) so this is on the claim side right Right, like like you don't have to claim more of the black church tradition than is actually part of your actual experience Mm -hmm. right and i've certainly felt that pressure so i've said many times on this show before i didn't grow up christian i became christian in high school through the ministry of a white evangelical youth group and church so my earliest experiences with sort of organized christianity Mm -hmm. um were were in these predominantly white settings uh 
the first historically and predominantly black church I went to was in my 20s in my first several years of teaching, New Light Missionary Baptist Church, shout out. So um, hey. it, it was a powerful experience, right? But it's so interesting. It's so interesting on multiple levels. Number one, um, black people in general are the most religious population, religious demographic yes. in the United yes. States. What I think that means is there is a black church culture that spills out of the church exactly. doors exactly. that in many ways we can claim uh depending on your yes. background and upbringing so so it's this it's this it's a funny dynamic right like like right. there's certainly a level i mean you're a preacher's kid like you were in church all the time black church all of this stuff there's a, there there are definite definitely different frequencies right but but even there there's layers right yeah so is black church as in its origin but then became multi-ethnic church <laughs> right. in its adolescence yes. and then back to black church in its early adulthood mm. of the church. Mm. And so I followed that trajectory. Yeah. So I basically followed the tra trajectory of infancy, adolescence, and adulthood in my own church community. Right. And so following that, I went through shifts even in how we, our expression was black church, but in the, in the teenage years, our crowd was multi-ethnic. Multi-ethnic, yeah. And so it's still always predominantly black, but then it went back to a, a majority black church uh. over time. It's just like, and so I think there's that, there's that dynamic nature. And, and here's what I want to ask you, Jay, as you think about your upbringing, I, I want to ask you a vulnerable question, a personal question. Do you feel like you missed out? Hmm. I don't know if I've thought about it that way before. Um, I don't feel like I missed out. I feel like my Christian formation in the early years was rich. It was varied, sometimes painful. I think right now, I wish the black church felt more familiar. Hmm. Because right now, hmm. I'm in a position where those evangelical and reformed spaces are definitely not right. for me are definitely not life-giving and right. soul and identity affirming. Uh, but at the same time, I'm part of a generation of black people and black Christians for whom the black church is not our native soil, so to speak, in terms hmm. of worship. Hmm. Um, but at the same time... That's deep, bro. But That's at the deep. same time, if you ever, as a black person from the U.S., go to the continent of Africa... Yeah. So I'll never forget November 2019th, we went to South Africa and, you know. Who is we? we? I wasn't there. <laughs> <laughs> I beat you by a couple of months, but yeah, you're right. So um, we were there and we looked like everyone else. But as soon as we spoke, you know, they, they knew we were yeah. from the U.S. But we had a guy to come up to us in Soweto and he said, welcome home. Hmm. So in that sense, hmm. because our roots roots are in the continent of Africa, because right. our roots roots right. in, as U.S. Christians are in the black church. There is still a, a sense of welcome and feeling like I'm in the home of my ancestors. <laughs> yes, and so it will yes. never be completely unfamiliar. Right. Even, even I think for the people who would consider themselves, and I know the church mocks this a lot, but Honestly, for the people who consider themselves spiritual but not religious, hmm. you know, and I know black church likes to mock that and say, you know, 
you just want what it's like, but not actually it. But I think there's actually space to say, even those people who consider themselves spiritual and not religious still use black church lingo. Yes. And phrases. That's it. Yeah. But I think it's more than just black church. I think that the black Christian tradition is expansive. There it is. And I think that's the spillover. Unpack that. I will say before we unpack that, that, you know, I find a lot of home and identity in the black Christian expression. I find a lot of home and identity in black church expression. But what I also recognize is for many people, the black church structure liturgically and also the kind of the hoops, the gatekeeping that happens within the black church Mm. is triggering and traumatizing. Mm. And so it's, it's why I'm really careful about how we navigate people leaving quote unquote leaving the faith or leaving the church because it's so layered and when people think about space and where they want to find spiritual home oftentimes they have traumatic experiences that promote for them that's right that's the opportunity to say i need to recalibrate how i think about all of my faith and and then it leads to disconnecting from the black church and yet still practicing the faith. Right. I mean, the, the, the least pastoral response is to mock someone's journey right. or to browbeat them for not being in the church. And even, I, I have to say this, I even understand, even though we encourage people to leave loud now knowing what we know, mm-hmm. I even understand why people, there was this exodus in you know mid to late 90s up until early 2000s, 2012, really, when it when it kind of stopped, of black Christians going to white spaces. Mm-hmm. Because at that point, some of us were just, or some people who were doing that, were just trying to find some place that felt yes. different. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, because we often, I mean, we... We, we we can fall into idealizing the black church as if it's not yes. comprised of sinners. It's right? not. Yeah, we can't mythologize <laughs> right. the institution. Right, right. We cannot mythologize the institution as powerful as it may be and as formative as it has been in resistance. We can't mythologize it. I think what comes into play now is on the racial aspect. So, right, so right. as much yes. Yes. as the black church falls short like any other church tradition— what it has always been good at mm-hmm. is not making you feel ashamed of your race, mm-hmm. of how you look. What it's been good at is providing a space where you can just mm-hmm. breathe as a black person in that space, right? right? It right. is a space that feels protected. We feel some sense of ownership and some sense of agency within it usually. So in that sense, I think that's why there's been this, this sort of rush to claim the black church of tradition course. yet again, right? Of course. So, so I think that's part of it as well. But um, yeah. Well, let's take a break and then we're going to come back and talk about the expanse of black Christian tradition because we need to get into what we meant when we, because I personally believe we coined that term. I think it's okay, the first we'll, time I heard it. Right. Well, we'll talk about, <laughs> we'll talk about that. We'll be right back on Pass the Mic. Right. 
Hey folks, Jamar Tisby here, and I am so grateful for your support, your listening, your engagement with the Pass the Mic podcast. I'm wondering if this podcast has been helpful to you, challenging, encouraging, if you would consider becoming a paid subscriber to the podcast for as little as $1 an episode, you can help keep this good work going. Just visit patreon.com slash pass the mic. That's patreon.com slash pass the mic. We appreciate you for your support. So we're talking about the expansive black Christian tradition. We're going to unpack that in a second. But before we do, Tyler, I have like a philosophical, maybe theological question, right? So when we at the top of the show, you were talking about this pastor Mm -hmm. who was referred to as a black church pastor, pastoring a white church. But then I thought about what is the church? And we always come back to, you know, the church is primarily a a people and not just a place. So is there a sense in which... Wherever a black Christian goes, the black church goes with them, or black church goes with them. Yes, but I I would push back on, I think that's a brilliant question, but I would push back on the assumption that the black church goes with them. I think black church understanding goes with them. I think perhaps black church custom and formation goes with them, but not necessarily black church theology goes with them. Mm-hmm. So I think that's different. So I, I think what makes a black church a black church is not just simply its makeup, but its theological convictions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. not simply the presence of black people or even the presence of a black pastor, but the presence of a black pastor was committed along the lines of what the black church was founded upon. I think it has yeah. to be a connection to its origin, not just simply a connection to denomination or um, aff- affiliation or color. It has to be more than that, or even culture. Yeah, yeah. So the the, the sort of analogy in my mind is like in the broader culture, when we say black people don't do X. Black right. people don't play water polo. Right. Well, if a black person is playing water polo, then playing water polo is something black black people do right Mm -hmm. so is there a sense in which you know black church christians do or don't do xyz and if a black christian's doing it that's something that black christians do okay right yeah (laughs) yes that's a great point i would not look at church practices and faith practices especially within a contained community with that type of utility okay so i would not look at it as something that you play i would look at it as something that you embody Sure. So I think it's different. So that's why I'm saying like I can go out and do something mm-hmm. and that thing can be something that I do. Mm-hmm. But I think when you come into church, you're not doing your being. And so I think the being is formational naturally. And so I think you are formed into something. And if it's not within the confines of what black church has been built upon, you're being formed into something different. So the destination is different, right? No, I mean, it's the same Christian destination, but it's not the same as like if you're in a black context because it's literally training you to be something. It's something deeper and more robust. Right, so that's why I I separate doing and being. Yeah, for sure. But I think that's a tremendous question, which I think gets into the expanse of black Christian tradition. Yes. When we started The Witness and when we transitioned from Rand to The Witness, one of the things that we talked a lot about is what's going to be different? And I remember this long conversation we had, probably three hour conversation we had. 
and even the initial podcast where we announced the change mm. and we were talking about the expansive black Christian tradition and we were actually it's funny I think we actually came up with this when we were talking to somebody about marketing and so we were talking <laughs> to somebody about right. marketing yeah. and yeah. branding Yep. and then you said how they have like the expansive freedom struggle right right the expansive black freedom struggle yes and then and then you said it's kind of like that so i said oh yeah it's the expansive black christian tradition so we and might we have just went, that we, yeah. just went, we just went with it <laughs> i liked it like we were on the phone i, I kind of like tilted my head to the side i was like that's pretty that's good. good yeah that sound hot yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what did we well i'll just say how we typically kind of define what we call the expansive black yeah. christian tradition we define it in three categories. First of all, it's the historic black church, um, as people would understand it. Second of all, though, it's progressive faith activists. Mm. So those who may not necessarily be affiliated with the historic black church, but take their faith out into the public square. That's why we talk about justice. That's why we talk about equity. That's why we talk about how you treat your neighbor. Mm. And that's why we talk about action going along with our faith. But then thirdly, it's also black Christians who are in predominantly white denominations whether evangelical or mainline right right so that kind of opens it up so it's not just oh black christians in the sbc which is all that the media seems to understand (laughs) oh it's the sbc you know (laughs) it's like yo there's so many different slivers of faith right and there's so many different expressions that people have as a result of that faith that those are the three kind of broader categories let me ask you this question hear me describe those three categories are they sufficient is that expensive enough you know, I think if we sat down and we like <laughs> wrote out what is these, what I think it, it's getting at is there's room for your experience yeah. as a black Christian, yeah. whatever that experience yeah. is. So to me, it's a very liberating one because again, I, like I said, I felt the pressure to be sort of black church enough, not having that as my my background and, and heritage growing up, right? So you're, 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 you, you feel this it's it's usually unspoken, but there's this pressure. You, well, you got to know the songs. You, <laughs> right. You got to know the phrases. You'll know the hymns. You know exactly. Right. So y'all be y'all be doing the watermelon with the hymns. <laughs> <and> the <laughs> you got to know the black church preaching style and be able to execute it. Right. All of these things. Okay. Yeah. You know? <laughs> okay. This is good. So let's get into why the expansive black Christian tradition is important as results to the pressure to be right. I'm talking about doing and being. It's not just doing faith. It's becoming something, right? It's transforming your being. It's embodied. So as a result, there is a pressure that black church customs, which must be said when people typically talk about black church customs, they mean black Baptist church customs. Wow. (laughs) We're getting into it. Well, I mean, who who is the most influential black minister in history? A black Baptist (laughs) Baptist pastor. Dr. Martin Luther King, right. who has shaped what people think about black pastors so much so that if you do something different than how King typically does it, outside of really the hoop, it's it's everything that people would associate with mm. a black minister typically, mm. right? So you're saying it's not the black Methodist tradition. It's not even the black no, Pentecostal tradition. No, it's tradition. not AME. Yeah. It, people don't think of the AME right, church. Right. They don't think of um, PAW. They don't think of... Um, Catholic, you know, Catholics. Yeah. I don't think of any of that. Right. They think of a black Baptist pastor, and they think of that whatever that stereotype is in their head. Yes. So the pressure, let's say, for a minister is to hoop. Let me just—I don't hoop. I don't. I didn't get that gift. 
<laughs> the way that I, the way that I communicate on podcast is similar, maybe turned up a couple. I was going to say you turn up for sure. Well, yeah, no, it's turned yeah. up for sure, but it's turned up in the way that I naturally natively communicate right. to my black church. Right. You don't. You don't. You don't turn on the 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 black hoop preacher. I don't nah. do the. <gasps> I don't do the gasp every. <laughs> and then, and just, God was. <gasps> I don't do that. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And if you do that, dope. I mean, great. Do your thing. I'm just saying, I can't do that. My my my. Yeah. And so there's a natural pressure that says, "Oh, this is what a black church." So when you stand in front of people at a at a funeral, it's so funny at funerals. So funerals are the place where you get the 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 hodgepodge of black expansive black Christian tradition. Mm. And so you have people, when you stand up, number one, they see a, a black pastor with locks and they're like, hmm. he's super young. People are like, you 20, right? You 25. <laughs> you, you a pastor. He's a boy preacher. You're well, a that's boy so preacher. Cute. Look at that. Look at that, baby. Anyway, so, <laughs> so that's funny in and of itself, right? Because that's not the expectation. The expectation is a pastor's going to have be bald to have a fade or whatever. So there's that. But then there's also the expectation that, oh, you're going to start preaching like my pastor preaches or preaching like so-and-so preaches. Yeah, yeah. And when you're, when you're at a funeral, you always know there's somebody on a, on a platform with you. There's other ministers. Mm. You're never the only minister. Mm. So whatever the other ministers are known for, you're, you're kind of falling in line with that. Yeah. Yeah. And the expectation. And so this is on a ministerial level, granular inside baseball. What does it look like for a black Christian? What does it look like for you? Yeah. Yeah. What does it look like for you in a, in a mass black set, what does it look like for you at Joy and Justice Conference? Right, 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 <laughs> right, right. What does that feel like? Because some people I felt were like, oh, this is great, but like, what are they doing right now? <laughs> when they start singing Lift Every Voice, when Michelle starts singing Lift Every Voice and they were doing the different verses, I know people were like, people oh, like, oh, nah, I don't nah. know. <laughs> I don't know the second one. Exactly. And so what does, how does that make people feel? Yeah, exactly. Um, this is why we need to make space. So, so, so first of all, that's where we, we, we sort of overreach and want to claim an affiliation with what we think of as the black church because we want to fit in, because we feel that pressure, because everybody around me seems to know the song, but I don't. Because the, 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 the other preachers can, can hit that register, but that doesn't come naturally to me, mm-hmm. right? And then the pressure is, Am I black enough? Mm-hmm. Am I black church black mm-hmm. enough? Right? Which is always the thing, right? Even in, in broader cultures, like, can you play spades? You know, there's this huge pressure that if you're black, it's in your DNA. I, to I know can't. How to it's play fine. Spades. I know. I don't care. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Pull right? my card. But, what you going to do? You know, Come get it. Exactly. Come get my card. Ain't nobody got it yet. But have that same spirit among <laughs> yourselves when it comes to the black church. So, so to right, me, it's freeing right. in the sense of whatever my background is, whatever mm. journey God has taken me on as a person of faith, that's as legitimate as someone else's, right? You know... One of the things that helped me to understand this particular principle, and I talk about it, I'm talking about it more and more, especially within my church tradition. Um, Funny story. I was actually speaking virtually at an Episcopal church locally in Pensacola. And um, I spoke for their Brotherhood of St. Andrews and our Brotherhood of St. Andrew. And, And they're gathering, they were doing an MLK breakfast. And so I'm the only... Again, it was supposed to be in person, but then it, you know, turned virtual because of COVID. 
and it's all white haired white men. <laughs> you know, a couple it's of white MLK women. Day yeah, this MLK right. Day. But it was beautiful in the liturgy and everything. And so beforehand, the the head of the uh committee, I was having a conversation with him. And um he took me out to lunch. We were having a conversation. And he asked me something about the Pentecostal tradition. Hmm. And, you know, he said, what are y'all doing in this particular context? What do you do with if this happens? I'm like, yeah, I mean, that, that seems like a more contemplative question. Like, we encourage people to have silence and solitude. Hmm. And he was like, what are you talking about? He's like, you do contemplative stuff? Y'all I'm like, yeah. Like I, the loud ones. <laughs> well, I mean, that's what he was saying without saying it. Right? Yeah. But it's, a, it's an assumption for black people, white Christians, everything. And so I, I said, no, I've learned so much from the contemplative contemplative tradition and i wish there were more writings of people like howard thurman mm-hmm. and others within the black mystic and contemplative tradition that i tried to merge together with my pentecostal sensibilities and upbringing and roots to create a more healthy well-rounded mature spirituality like you know and so it was just i mean he was looking at me like i was yeah, like an his, alien his like he was like was what in the world absolutely and, but i've learned so much from contemplative authors mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but here's what i also realized is that we as black christians could benefit from more contemplative spirituality sure because we got the shout down pat we got the expression down pat we'll never lose it but we could benefit. And so as I was thinking about that, I'm like, there need to be more black contemplative authors. Yeah. Yeah. There need to be more resources. Mm. There need to be more reflections. There need to be more devotionals that go outside of the black church cliches that are popular, that step away from that and start probing the heart. So that's an interesting take on the expansive black Christ- black church tradition, black Christian tradition is that we need to draw on the expansive Christian tradition. Yes, yes, but in our blackness. Absolutely. And bring our full selves to it, Yeah, right? And, you know, it's so funny. I, I took my church through this. We did something called Reflect at the end of the year. And so we reflected on the previous year. The premise was it's impossible to, or it's unwise to create resolutions about the new year without reflecting on the old one. Amen. And so we actually did a, I, I led a guided reflection. <laughs> like it was so, it was so hilarious to even hear what people said after you told me to put my feet flat on the floor and take a deep breath and <laughs> like they had never done it. Before. Yeah, like they were like, hmm, like y'all don't have the headspace. They were like, come they on, were like that was good though. That was good, and it's so, it's so hilarious. They don't expect, right, right. You know, and and so what are we missing right. as a black? How are we not empowering and unlocking what is native within us mm. because we've only submitted to a sliver or a caricature of who we are? Because we haven't recognized how expansive the black Christian tradition is or can be. And how expansive we are mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. That's, what, that's what I think is missing. That's what we need to recover. That's what I want to see. I want to see us have space and room to expand as much as God has called for us to and, to, and to expand in our embodied expression and to say it's the shout and it's the silence. Mm, it's the, the loud praise the and it's the lament. It's the clap and the cheer and it's the tears. It's all of it. Cheers and tears. Yes. It's, it's, joy, it's, joy, it's joy and pain. It's, it's power and weakness. 
It's vulnerability. Sunshine. No, no, it's not. No, 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 no. You just turned it left. I was on a flow too. And you just. Y'all see you how you did that? Joy and pain, and not start singing. But did you? But did you see? How, did you see my face? I was on a flow, bro. Like, bro, this amen. Have you that seen that? This is a side note. Have you seen that pastor who? Uh, I don't even know who it was, so I'm sorry if you're watching. But have you seen that pastor who was um, shouting? And then someone was it right right behind him saying, yeah, yeah. And he's like, shh, shh. God's speaking to me in that ear. God's speaking to me. Be quiet. <laughs> that's how I just felt. I felt him. At first I was like, man, Maybe you God know what? That's real embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm like, you know what? You right in my ear. God is speaking to me in this ear, in the left ear. So what do you want to leave the people with? Because I think this is so helpful that. Number one, you were brave enough to agree for us to shift to this mentality Mm. because I know that was a sea change and a difference, but I think it probably gave you a little bit of hope knowing that you coming from a more reformed or Presbyterian space could also find home in this wide, this beloved community, man. That's right. That's That's what it is. Yes. Yes. This beloved black Christian community. What do you want to leave the people with for encouragement? Especially for those who feel like, and this is one of the things we talked about, we have to claim the black church, even though it's not part of our traditional heritage. So I'm talking to folks like me. We're part of a generation. We're part of the first generation that was born into a legally desegregated society, Hmm. part of which means we, many of us found our way to multiracial, multiethnic, or even predominantly white church spaces. And what I want to say is that's okay, (laughs) right? Like that's not a knock on your blackness or the authenticity of your faith. It's a different experience. What I also want to say on the flip side is we ought to have a deep understanding, appreciation, and respect for the historic black Christian tradition. Absolutely. And I think many of us are now discovering or rediscovering the ongoing salience of the black church. Because there was a time when people were asking the question, is the black church dead, right? And mm-hmm. in, in many ways, people are still asking that question, to which I answer, it's very much alive and yeah. much more. We need it. Yeah. We need it. So giving ourselves the opportunity mm-hmm. to tap into that tradition of resistance, resilience, creativity, flourishing, affirmation. Yeah. You know, what I was thinking about when you were when you were talking is those in that third category, black Christians in white spaces, whether evangelical or mainline or, you know, a different type of affiliation that we're not even thinking about or considering. I think it's important to. I think it's important to say. You don't have to become something different Mm -hmm. and you don't have to land somewhere that you're not. But you should know why you land where you land. Ooh. And, and the reason I say that is because you'll never expand if you don't know your trajectory and you don't know your story hmm. and you haven't probed deep to understand. I, I, I think this is what I see a lot of and it concerns me. I don't see enough wrestle from black Christians in white spaces. Hmm. I don't see enough internal wrestle about why they're why they landed in that theological place. Wow. Why they landed in that church space. Wow. Whenever I, I see and hear someone say, man, I'm a son of this and I've been a part of this and I don't know, like I'm saying that's a good thing. Keep wrestling with that. 
wrestle with that until it blesses you. Mm. Like wrestle with that until God gives illumination mm. to who you can be and become. But what I see is especially, and I'll just say it like this, a lot of black men in their 20s not wrestling because they're comfortable. Don't get too comfortable. Don't allow the programmatic elements of a predominantly white church environment to cause you to neglect expanding. Because this is, the, this, is the, this is why it's so dangerous to be in those environments often, because they don't let you expand. Mm. They don't let you they grow into all, they constrict you, you yeah. and constrain you. You're six feet in a, and you're walking around like you're three feet. Yeah. You can't grow into five, stand. <laughs> this guy messing with my flow. You gotta go. You gotta roll. Come with on. My flow. You never know what's gonna come. <laughs> you you wilding for the camera. He capping for the cameras. Okay. Stand up into it. Stand up into all guys. But you have to wrestle with and wrestle now because I think there's a generation of black Christian men in particular who have the danger of passing through this next iteration of the freedom struggle and this leave loud movement and missing the opportunity to wrestle in their youth and getting to their late thirties, forties and becoming cemented Mm. and staying constricted. Mm. No, we need you in all your complicated, complex, all of it. This not me telling you, oh, you got to leave. You got to, but interrogate why you landed where you land. Don't just be passive. Don't be passive about it. Be active and intentional about discovering and claim I'm a part of this expansive black Christian tradition. And let me figure out what that means for me. And let me figure out that it's not just, oh, I go back to a historic black church or I stay in my white evangelical SBC church. There's more options for you. There's more options. That's huge. There's more for you to. That's going to free create, somebody. You can create your own lane, right? You can you can step into a lane that we haven't even talked about yet. Yeah. There's more. And by the way, in these spaces that we sort of fall into without much conscious interrogation, black women suffer first and most. One hundred percent. Right. Like I, I had to learn this from always. My wife is yeah, like, she fine. saw stuff that was corrupt and toxic way before I did because mm-hmm. as a black male, I had some entree into leadership, into, you know, uh, 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 just a form of power sharing mm. that she never had access to. And so I would urge black men yeah. in particular, yeah, like when you fall into these spaces, your spouse, your children are experiencing it differently and are often even more vulnerable than you are. In other words, be careful, black men, about being more enamored with the rooms you're invited into than the doors you could unlock. Be more enamored with the possibility of what doors that haven't even been opened yet that you could unlock versus the rooms that those in power welcome you into. Be more concerned with the latter, not the former. Which requires, in my experience, a deep sense of identity. Yeah. But this is... Oh, man. 
I'm saying. I'm trying. I'm trying to close it. But this is this is why we this is why we provoke the leave. People don't understand because again, in white Christian spaces, it's constricted. They don't get why we're provoking this leave loud movement. They don't get why we provoke anything that we provoke. We provoke it so that black Christians can be led into a wrestle, a beautiful struggle. Mm. And in the beautiful struggle, they find out who they are. They find out their identity. They find out their purpose. And they find out what they, what they can be and who they, who they will be. They find out what they can expand into. And I think that's, I, we got to close out, but that's, that's my, that's my struggle. Don't, it's so on my heart, man. Y'all are in your twenties and early thirties, man, wrestle with it, fight, say no to the job so you can fight, say no to the opportunity, be in the wilderness for a little bit longer hmm. so you can figure it out. Hmm. Wrestle with other people. Why y'all all wrestling alone? Mm. It's 20 of y'all. Community. <laughs> and y'all all wrestling alone. Yes. It's like, yo, you, yes. man, what do you think about this? I'm like, fine. Six other dudes. And Ask also include black women. Yes. <laughs> you know, I, but I'm speaking specifically for black men for a reason. Because I feel like we, we missing it. Yeah. Wrestle with that. Fight it. Be in the wilderness. Serve in obscurity. And figure out what you can expand into and then step out of that and open some doors that haven't been opened yet. And access black genius in the yep. sense of spirit in whatever ways you can through literature, yeah. through talking with old heads, through whatever it might be, because that gives you yeah. an access to the image of godness in you yeah. that we don't get. Yeah, in these predominant, they, they 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 can't hit that note. They just can't. And um, <laughs> so go up. What's up? <laughs> to, to, to me, to me, all of this boils down to is 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 be free. Yeah. So if we're talking about an expansive Black Christian tradition, then you're talking about a wide open land to explore. But if yeah. we feel constrained and chained, then we're only going to access a tiny bit of it. And what we're saying is, wander, be free, test the boundaries, mm. the edges, explore new vistas, free. and see where that takes you. Yeah. You don't have to claim it. You don't have to critique it. You can be something totally different. And still you. You don't have to lie to kick it. You don't have to lie to kick it. I love that, bro. This episode was brought to you in part by The Compelled Podcast, which uses gripping, immersive storytelling to bring Christian testimonies to life. Listen to missionaries, addicts, martyrs, and more who have seen Jesus at work in unbelievable ways. Listen on your podcast app or compelledpodcast.com.